sermon for this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 47. That's Luke, chapter 1, verses 39 through 47. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. This is the word of the Lord. Well, I'll tell you a little bit something about myself, if you didn't know it already. And that is, I'm a mama's boy. I'm a mama's boy in a good way. Now, there's a bad way to be a mama's boy. Okay, we don't want to have any of that. All right, but I'm a mama's boy in a good way. And I guess you could say that I've always been um, a mama's boy. I was an unexpected child. My parents already had seven children before I came along. And all of them had been born pretty close together. But then seven years after the seventh child, here I come. I think there's a message in that, Pastor Phil. Seven years after the seventh child. I'm the, I'm, I'm seven years after the seventh one. Is that biblical? I might be. Here I come. Number eight. Well, naturally, uh, you might think uh, that my mother kept me close to her. And she probably did. And that's because, you know, I've always been a homebody. I never mind being at home. I still don't mind being at home. You know, I, unlike uh, many of my friends and my peers, I never got bored at home. I liked being home. I liked watching my mother. I liked watching my mother cook. I liked the smell of fresh bread, pies and cakes. And mostly, I like to lick the bowl. And if I'm home, I get first dibs. My mother never cramped my style, unlike some of my friends, unlike some of you, perhaps. But when my mother came around me and my friends, I didn't find it awkward. I didn't find it strange. Call me strange. But I love being around my mama. I think Jesus was a mama's boy. In a good way. 
though Joseph was his earthly father figure, and, and no doubt had significant influence in his early days as he taught Jesus, no doubt, the trade of the carpentry trade that had been taught to him. For the majority of Jesus' life, the main influencer in his life seems to have been his mother. In fact, in Mark chapter 6 and verse 3, Jesus is called the son of Mary. That's unusual, beloved. But he is called the son of Mary. And I believe that's significant because Mary, I want you to understand this morning, Mary is the only one who was with Jesus from the crib to the cross. She was the only one there from the incarnation to the resurrection. She was the only one there from the annunciation to the ascension. Mary was with Jesus all the way. Mary was there. She was with Jesus. Or perhaps we should say more importantly that Jesus was with Mary all the way. Because she was there. She was there, beloved. She was with him. Naturally, she was there in the stable when he was born, but she was with him. She was with him when the wise men showed up. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, Mary was there watching over him who watches over us. She was there. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 14, she was there. She was there on board the flight to Egypt as they had to rush off for fear of Herod. She was there. In Luke chapter 48, chapter 2 and verse 48, Jesus 12 years old and he wanders off from his family and he goes into the temple. And for three days, he has been gone and missing, and Mary finally finds him in the temple, and he is there teaching and preaching the, the teachers of the law, the deeper things of God. And Mary comes to him and said, where have you been, son? We've been sick, worried sick about you. And Jesus says to Mary, don't you know I must be about my father's business? And Mary says, well, God may be your father, but I'm still your mother. Now get in the car. <laughs> she was with him. She was there. She was there. 
John chapter 2, in verse 3, when he makes his public appearance and does his first recorded miracle at the wedding of, of Cana, as they were celebrating, Mary comes up to Jesus during the festivities and says, Jesus, they have run out of wine. And Jesus looks at Mary and says, what do you want me to do about it? And Mary says, son, ain't nobody got time for that. I've seen you make a way out of no way. She tells them to do whatever he says because she was there. She was there in Matthew chapter 12. In verse 46, as Jesus is well into his public ministry and the crowds are gathering in there and they're surrounding him every place that he goes. And as he was teaching in the synagogue, the word came to him that his mother was outside and she was looking for him. You hadn't been by the house in a few days, Jesus. You hadn't called. Your mother was wondering what's going on with you. She needs to see you because she's always been there. She was there in John chapter 19 at the cross. And they, she watched them as they nailed her son to that wooden cross. She watched them as they planted that cross on Calvary's hill. She watched as the blood came streaming down from his forehead and out of his side. She heard him as he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus looked down and he saw and while God might have forsaken him, his mother hadn't. Well, there she was. And in John chapter 19, verse 26, he looks and he says, John, take care of mama. And mama, you look after little John because she was there, beloved, from the crib to the cross. Mary was with Jesus because God was with Mary. I love Mary. I love Mary because Mary loved the Lord. I love Mary because Mary loved God. I love her because she was a mother and because Mary loved her baby. Now, beloved, it is important that we understand this morning that we don't worship Mary as some have in history and 
still do today. No, we don't worship Mary. In fact, we don't even venerate her as divine or, or sinless as most of our Catholic brothers and sisters do. However, we do want to acknowledge this morning that Mary was special. She was special. She was humble. She came from humble means. She was not known for any extraordinary gift, the kind of things that set people apart for us today. She didn't have an exceptional musical talent or athletic gift. In fact, in Luke chapter 1 and verse 38, she refers to herself as a servant. She refers to herself as doulos. We're familiar with that word these days. A servant like you and me. And yet our text this morning reminds us that while she was a, a servant, no different than you and me in one sense, she was a special servant. She was a special servant because God gave her a special anointing. She was a special servant because God gave her a special assignment. She was a special servant because God gave her special praise. She had received a special anointing. The Bible tells us that after getting the news from the angel that she was to give birth to the Son of God, Mary immediately went to see her older cousin, Elizabeth. She went to see her older cousin, Elizabeth, because the angel had told her that Elizabeth also was carrying a child. And when Mary had left to go and visit her cousin Elizabeth, Mary was pregnant. Mary was with the child. Mary was full of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit had already overshadowed her. And she was full of the Holy Spirit so much so to overflowing. When she gets to Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And this too was an unexpected pregnancy, you see, because like Sarah in the Old Testament, Luke chapter 1 and verse 17 reminds us that Elizabeth was unable to conceive and was now past the age of childbearing. And yet by the time Mary gets to Elizabeth, Elizabeth is six months pregnant. She is six months pregnant when Mary shows up. And when Mary shows, having just become pregnant, 
Mary probably not even showing any signs of pregnancy. And yet, when Mary shows up and she greets her cousin, the Bible says that the spirit in Elizabeth bore witness with the spirit in Mary that Mary's baby was indeed the Son of God. Notice what the Bible says, verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, beloved, I want you to understand something here. Okay? Here comes Mary, who has already been overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit. Mary is filled with the Holy Spirit, had an anointing that was overflowing. And when she comes into Elizabeth's house, there was a Holy Ghost party. And somebody said, there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. For the Bible says that John the Baptist started dancing. And the Bible says that his mother started shouting because Elizabeth got full when she heard Mary. I don't know about you, beloved. I don't know about you. But I love being around people who you just know are full of the Holy Spirit. Because when they are full of the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit fills them to overflowing. And here it was, beloved. Elizabeth got full when she heard Mary. Anybody ever? Have you ever? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe today, maybe today you'll pray that you will. Someday you get filled with the Holy Spirit to the point that you just can't hold your peace. I mean, Jeremiah said it like this. It's like burning fire shut up in my bones. And I just can't hold my peace. And Elizabeth was so full. She was so full of the Spirit that the Bible says she didn't just speak but it says that she shouted with a loud voice. She didn't just speak. She shouted. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Oh. Beloved, all this, just because Mary showed up. Just because Mary walked in the building. Just because Mary said, hey, cousin. Because she was full of the Spirit to overflowing. John started dancing. And Elizabeth started shouting. And she couldn't hold her peace. 
And she said, blessed, 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 blessed I am. And blessed is the fruit of your womb. She had a special anointing. She didn't just have a special anointing. She had a special assignment. See that? That's why she had a special anointing. Because she had this special assignment. She was to be the mother of our Lord. Assignments from God are nothing new. Right? Noah was assigned to build the ark. Abraham was assigned to be the father of a nation. Moses was uh, assigned to lead that nation out of Egypt. Solomon was assigned the building of the temple. Nehemiah was assigned the rebuilding of the walls. All, beloved, all assignments from God, wherever you are and whoever you are and however they come, all assignments given are by God are important. But I want to remind you this morning that all, not all assignments are equal. They all are important. But not all assignments are equal. All are special. But none more special than the assignment given to that young virgin girl we know as Mary. More remarkable than the ark. More incredible than the Exodus, more glorious than the temple, Mary would carry the Lord of heaven and earth in her womb. In the Greek, they would call her Theotokos, the God bearer. In Latin, they call her the matter day, the mother of God, the mother of God. The mother of God. That's hard to even say, much less to try to comprehend this morning. Mother of God. But, beloved, if Jesus is incarnate deity, if Jesus is God, the word of God made flesh, then Mary is his mother. That's what Elizabeth said. Verse 43 of our text, when she says, Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? The mother of my Lord. Beloved, I can't give you the science this morning. I can't even give you the rational, material explanations. In fact, the best I can do is just ask some questions. 
Somebody explain to me how does the womb of a woman hold the one who holds the stars in the place? How does the finite contain the infinite? How does the creature give birth to the creator? I mean, we ask the question every, every, every Christmas season, don't we? We say, Mary, did you know? Did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect lamb? Did you know that the sleepy child you're holding is the great I am Mary? Did you know? Oh, beloved. I think she knew. I think she knew. I think she knew she had a special anointing. I think she knew she had a special assignment. And the reason I think she knew that is because she broke out in a special praise. When she heard the Holy Spirit-inspired word of Elizabeth, she broke out in an uncommon and equally inspired praise herself in verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. Like Elizabeth, beloved, Mary was full, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the joy of salvation. Her soul was flooded with Praise as she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul exalts the Lord. My soul rejoices in God. This is familiar language, beloved. It is, it is a familiar tone of, of praise that is a response to the visitation of God among his people. It's a it's familiar tone of, of, of praise to God who comes in deliverance for his people, who, who comes and works wonders on behalf of his, his people as he had redeemed Moses and the children of Israel from, from Pharaoh. And, they had, and he had miraculously brought them across the Red Sea. The Bible says that Moses broke off in the song. And in Exodus chapter 15 and verses 1 and 2, he says, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense, has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. There's a familiar tone when the Lord comes and visits his people and does exceedingly and abundantly beyond everything that they could ever ask or think. It is a familiar song. You see it sung by Hannah, who prayed and prayed and prayed that the Lord would bless her womb. And in doing so, in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, Hannah says, My heart exalts in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies because I rejoice in my 
in your salvation. And this is Mary. This is Mary because the Lord now has once again visited his people. But he has visited his people like he had never visited them before. <laughs> he has come himself. He has come and he is blessing his people. He has come and he has come as Emmanuel. He has come himself to be with his people. This is the ultimate visitation here, beloved. And Mary knows this. She knows that the child that she now carries is heaven's perfect lamb. Mary exalts in the Lord because he has visited his people and he has made provision for them. Mary exalts in the Lord because she would provide for a child who would provide salvation to the world. She would provide for him who ultimately provides all things for her. Mary rejoiced because her child was not just God. She rejoiced because her child was also Savior. She rejoiced because she knew that her child was not just God, but her child was Savior, beloved. And this, beloved, this is the testimony of the church. This is the testimony in which we rejoice even this morning. Not simply that Jesus was God, but we rejoice that this God is also Savior. This God also redeems. This God also saves. In fact, this is how you know that Mary knows who God is. This is how you know, beloved. What is not enough, it's not enough just to know that Jesus came. It's not just enough to know that Jesus is divine. You have to know Jesus as Savior. You have to know that he is the one who has come to save you from your sins. You have to know that he is the one who came to give his life so that you might be reconciled to God and redeemed from all your sins. And Mary says that she rejoiced in her God, and in her Savior. This is what we preach. This is what we believe. This is what we confess, that Jesus Christ is not just God. He is not just Lord, but that God and Lord has come into the world as Savior. He is our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. And so we don't just sing the mighty power of God to make the mountains rise, but we sing, more importantly, the mighty power of God to save and bring dead sinners to life. Now that's what Mary sung. 
the mighty power of God to save sinners, to bring the dead to life. Mary, did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And the child that you delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know? And she said, yeah, I knew. I'm his mama. Do you know? Do you know that the child that I delivered had come to deliver you? Don't ask me if I know. Do you know? Don't ask me if I trust. Do you trust? I trusted from the crib to the cross. What about you this morning? Do you trust the one who was born in the crib to be the one who died on the cross? Are you trusting that Christ this morning. We don't need to ask Mary any more questions. Mary knew. The questions are ours this morning. Do you? Do you know? Are you trusting that he who was born Lord and Savior is yours this morning. I pray, beloved, I pray that there is not a soul here who doesn't know, who doesn't know that the child that Jesus, that, that Mary delivered, has come to deliver you. I pray that you know Let's pray. Heavenly.